Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Sometimes Christians like to say, I don't have religion. What I have is a relationship with God. There's some value for that perspective. On the other hand, the Bible does not, the New Testament does not altogether eschew, abandon the use of religion for what describes Christian life and conduct. On the other hand, it does set itself apart from things which are characteristic of most religions. As we read the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Galatians, it becomes very clear that he distinguishes what Christ has brought to us from forms of religion. What Christ has brought is the ultimate. It is perfection itself, fullness, the status and stage of being an adult, responsible person in relationship to God. He would contrast what Christ has brought with the forms of religion in terms of freedom and bondage. The religious systems, which consist of rules and precepts, especially for outward conduct, these are a form of bondage or slavery, the way the Apostle Paul explains this to us. What Christ has brought to us is the freedom of a mature, responsible adult in the status of a son in the family. Some of these terms and their application may have lost relevance for us culturally. He was speaking about the freedom and dignity of an heir in the Greco-Roman system in a household. The minor was under the discipline and control of an instructor, a guardian who may have disciplined him. But at a set day, in the program of the father of the family, this minor attains to adulthood, major status, and then comes into the full privilege of his rights and freedoms. Jesus Christ is the one through whom God brings us into a full privilege and responsibility of mature relationship with him. When we come to Galatians chapter 4, we are presented with a comparison of what has been accomplished in Christ against this cultural analogy. In the fullness of time, that is, at the time that God had determined was the proper time, he sent forth his Son. He sent the Son of God, Christ our Savior, into the world to bring us, those who believe in him, out of the status of bondage and enslavement into the full freedom of sonship in relation to God. As he continues this this discussion in verse 8, for example, the Apostle Paul says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more. 
You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. He says there was a time, uh, Galatian Christians, when you did not know God. Most of them came from a pagan background. At that time, they were enslaved to things which they thought were gods in the forms of their idols, but were not truly God. The system of religion that characterizes both them and those who are under the law of Moses, living under the law, perhaps with the mindset of what Paul himself was before as a Pharisee, he compares or expresses this in terms of being under the basic principles, elemental things, foundational things, things that pertain to a state of immaturity. I can relate to some of this. Personally, there was a time when I was in a school, was under a very strict regimen of order. It was a military school. In the morning, when we got up, we put on a white shirt, T-shirt, a pair of white shorts, I wore white socks and white shoes and went off for physical training in the morning. In the evening again, when we had games, on the other hand, we wore brown shoes, silver gray socks, and blue shorts, and a white shirt. This was the rule. We did it day after day after day after day for the entirety of all the years that I had been there. And this is just one part of it. There are things in religion too of this sort, fasting on certain days. Maybe observing special days for most Christians, Christmas and Easter are special, although often they lose their religious significance. But even for those who don't want to do anything with bunnies at Easter or do not think about Santa Claus at Christmas, observing those days as something special is sort of irrelevant as far as the New Testament and the Gospel are concerned. Going back to being under the control of observing special days, special diets, fasting at particular times, we would find from here, from what the Apostle Paul says, belong to a stage of spiritual immaturity. So if that is what is religion, then Christ has brought us beyond those forms of religion. What Christ has given us through the new birth and the gift of the Holy Spirit is a status of being responsible sons of God, where we carry out things which are of consequence and of substance. The things which matter are of character. The new life is manifested in us not by how we dress particularly, nor by certain special days we observe or certain diets we keep. In fact, the Lord Jesus himself laid out this truth during his public ministry. They were concerned about ceremonial cleanliness, uncleanness, etc. Once when the disciples had gone to the market, come back and were eating, the, they were charged with lack of regard for the traditional regulations of cleanliness. Why do your disciples eat food with, wash, with unwashed hands? He was asked, and the Lord Jesus responded to this by saying, you know, what defiles you is not what goes in, that is in terms of food somehow contaminated, but what comes out. What goes in, you know, is digested, it then goes out. But the truly defiling thing about human beings are the corruption of the heart.
because out of our heart come adulteries and murders, hatred, all forms of evil. These are the truly defiling things. No matter how externally disciplined and regulated we try to be, if the person hasn't changed, then there is still a problem. And what Christ comes to accomplish is really address this genuine innermost need of our being to be right before God. What he provides for us is justification, being not counted guilty before God. Our sins are what separate us from God, and Jesus has become our substitute by giving us his righteousness and taking our guilt upon him, himself and bearing it away through his death on the cross. And that brings any believer into a status and privilege of being a son of God, a child of God. God gives us his spirit, and now through the spirit we are to live in ways that are substantive, not merely of show and of external habit. The new life manifests itself not by how we dress or even how we talk or by special times and regulations and days in regard to observing religious matters. It manifests itself in a changed heart and a changed disposition and a changed set of commitments and priorities in life. It certainly will affect us in regard to our outward behavior. Not that I consider myself or a, a, a Christian ought to consider himself or herself righteous because of the way they dress. If there is impropriety in how we dress, we would want to be proper. If there is impropriety in regard to certain forms of speech, we would want to reflect the character of God in regard to how we speak. Since relationship with God implies prayer, we pray, not as a rule and regulation, so that by doing those, we somehow are trying to please God, attain to a better standing with God. But this is the natural expression of a new status and relationship that we have through faith in Christ. So the Galatians had somehow turned away from this under the influence of the Judaizers who had come to them. Not only were they teaching the necessity of physical circumcision in addition to faith in Christ for salvation, so that Gentiles who are coming to Christ should not only believe but actually convert to Judaism and then keep all of its outward forms. They were also asking them uh, to enjoining upon them various religious regulations such as spoken of here. He says, you observe days and months and seasons and years. So in addition to the outward mark of circumcision, they were also following a religious calendar it is clear earlier when we were in chapter 2, uh, there were some uh, food-related issues that were brought up. The new life consists not of mere external conformity to a certain mode of life. There are many Christians who might live this way. And among many Christian groups, there may be a lot of emphasis on outward forms and not enough on the inward substance of a changed heart. Ultimately, though, our calling is to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law, which is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves. If the Spirit of God is working in our life, the Apostle Paul will tell us later, 
that what comes out are things like like love, joy, peace, endurance, patience, etc., self-control. So these are genuine transformations of character. These are authentic manifestations of a new life. Being a Christian then does not consist of participation in particular religious activities, although a Christian might do all of these things. We do it because it is in keeping with what we are, not in order to attain or maintain a certain status or standing with God. So the outward form of religion is a form of bondage, of slavery, the Apostle Paul would say. What Christ brings us is sonship and freedom, the freedom and the responsibility to act out out of a genuine transformation of the heart, a new character, a new behavior, and new priorities. That is true adulthood in the faith. Everything else is immature. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.